If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It is the Joe Pag Show. Now, keep in mind, because a lot of stations run the show later, um, we go live 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific Time. I don't talk about it that much, because it, to me, I'm glad to be on the station, so I'm not calling anybody up for not having us live, but it's important when there's a live announcement or a live speech by the president, by Joe Biden, that we're reacting to it now. Some of you might be hearing the show three, four, five hours later. I get that. So just want to put you sort of in that perspective. We'll have an update on what um, Joe Biden had to say from the White House about guns, about kids being safe in school, the ideas that he's throwing out there. Then we'll, I'll give you my opinion on what I think about it. Plus, I want to hear from you on it as well. All right, so it's the Joe Pag Show. We'll have that for you in a second on a Thursday. Also, bottom of the hour, it's going to be campus reform like we do, like to do on Thursdays. Another great young reporter bringing it for us. Let's go. Seems I got to have a change in scene. Uh-huh. Because every night I have the strangest dream. That's Carrie Lucky. How you doing, Carrie? I'm fantastic. You are fantastic, as a matter of fact. Polo in the house, also fantastic. Sam, even more fantastic. Look at that. I'm not fantastic today. I've got a headache, but I just would like to punch myself in the head over, to be honest with you. They brought out Angry Joe earlier. Ranty Joe, Grumpy Joe. Let's go. Good people like Grumpy Joe for some reason. More of that. We like more of that. It'd be good. Really? Got two emails saying that I should take you to New York with me next week. Mm, I agree. Thank you. One said, uh, take her to New York and leave her there. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> wow. You said you agree. mean. The other one was, take her because she's the whole show. So we had to give the good oh, with the bad. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was from your mom. It was weird. No, yeah, no, it was it wasn't. weird. Your mom wasn't very happy <laughs> with your participation in the show. Um, all right, so last hour, and again, this is about 38 minutes ago as we do the show, Joe Biden in the White House took to reading the teleprompter and gave the country and I guess the world what it is he wants to do when it comes to children's safety in school. Now, to him and those on his side, they're all for some sort of new restrictions on guns and gun control, but I don't know specifically, although, you know, bits and pieces here and there, I don't know specifically what he said. So, Carrie, you've got an update for us. Let me know. Mm -hmm. From USA Today, President Joe Biden on Thursday urged Congress to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines as the nation's reeling from three public mass shootings in the last three weeks. After Columbine, after Sandy Hook, after Charleston, after Orlando, after Las Vegas, after Parkland, nothing's been done. Biden said in a primetime speech from the East Room of the White House 
This time, that can't be true. Biden said that if Congress could not ban assault weapons, then they should raise the age to purchase those types of guns from 18 to 21. He also said background checks should be strengthened and pass red flag laws. Other remarks come after deadly shootings at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York, an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, and a medical center in Tulsa, Oklahoma have reinvigorated the president's push for gun reform and pushing for a ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. The president spoke about how he and First Lady Jill Biden spent time talking to heartbroken families who lost loved ones in Buffalo and Uvalde. We spent hours with hundreds of family members who are broken, whose lives will never be the same, he said in his address. They had one message for all of us, do something, just do something, for God's sake, do something. 56 candles lined up on Biden's walk to the podium, representing all 50 states and territories, is meant to symbolize the gun epidemic will take a national response to solve. House Democrats have put forward a package of bills that includes raising the minimum age to buy semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21, banning high-capacity ammunition magazines, and bar the sale of ghost gun kits without background checks. But such measures are long shots defined by partisan support in the evenly divided Senate. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. So it sounds, if, if you were to just, in like a sentence, it would be, Joe Biden would like to limit or, or restrict the sales of high-capacity magazines and so-called assault weapons. Or, or did, or did he, he say semi-automatic rifles them. specifically? He wants to ban, he said, assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. But if we can't do that, raise the age limit from 18 to 21. But he does, he does use the term assault weapons. Yes. He doesn't say semi-automatic rifles. No. Okay. Because, I mean, there... I mean, the game that they're playing with the linguistics really bothers me because they know that there's really nothing that's being sold that is a quote-unquote assault rifle or assault weapon. Every weapon can be an assault weapon, can be an assault rock, can be an assault car, can be an assault knife, can be an assault anything. And I also don't like the terminology high-capacity magazine. Well, what is a high-capacity magazine? I've got an AR-15, and it takes 30-round magazines. That means you can put 30 bullets in it, and you can load that into the gun at one time. Now, those of you who are watching and listening, you might not be into firearms. That's cool. I'm not judging you. But it doesn't mean I can press the trigger once and 30 bullets come out. That would be a machine gun. That would be automatic. This is semi-automatic, which means you've got to pull the trigger every time to make a bullet come out. That's different. It's just like a 45 pistol, just like a 22 pistol, like a 9mm pistol. They're all, they're all semi-automatic, which means... That you pull the trigger and then the gun itself loads another bullet in, but you've got to pull the trigger again to make the bullet come out. Automatic is you pull the trigger once and every bullet comes out of the magazine. So the size of the magazine doesn't matter, and I'll tell you why. To somebody who's trained on a firearm, you can change a magazine in a second, maybe two. That's it. You pop it out, you pop a new one in, and then you go. So that's not really changing anything. What he talks about, banning these high-capacity magazines. New York, they say anything over five bullets is high-capacity. Some other states, they say seven bullets is high-capacity. But Joe Biden is protected by good guys with guns. I guarantee they all have at least 11 rounds in their magazines. If not, extended magazines on pistols can be 15, can be 17. So I'm not really sure what that means other than it sounds good. And also, an assault weapons ban... That also doesn't make sense because who gets to decide what an assault weapon is? 
because AR doesn't mean assault rifle. It means Armalite rifle. It, it, Armalite was the company that made that made this gun. That's been around, I think, since nineteen since I think it's been around for sixty plus years. I'm pretty sure it is sixty plus years. I've heard an estimate that there are twenty million of these guns in the country. Very very small number are ever used to commit crimes. In fact, one of the most heinous heinous school shootings we've ever seen was at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, if I remember, and I apologize if I get it wrong, I think 33 people were killed. The guy used pistols. He wasn't using a rifle. So what's the common denominator in all these schools, in these theaters, at these grocery stores? The common denominator is there isn't a force strong enough to react to the threat to innocent people. I'm going to give you a quote. Carrie, you ready for a quote? Let's do a quote. Okay, yeah. Quote, I am convinced that a criminal who wants a firearm can get one through illegal, untraceable, unregistered sources with or without gun control. Any idea who said that? Joe Biden. In 1985. The current president, the guy who we're supposed to believe got 81 million votes, the guy who just said we've got to ban high-capacity magazines and so-called assault rifles or assault weapons, Again, in 1985 said, I am convinced that a criminal who wants a firearm can get one through illegal, untraceable, unregistered sources with or without gun control. It sounds to me that moderate Joe Biden in 1985, racist Joe Biden, as he still is, womanizer Joe Biden, and some would say sexual assaulter Joe Biden, it seems like he's against gun control there. Now, I'm not really sure what changed other than he's got Obama in his ear now. Maybe that's what changed, whoever's running the joint, Ron Klain, whatever. But there is no such thing as an assault weapon. And there are people who will tweet me, the courts defined an assault weapon as of this, that, and the other. In the most out-on-the-fringes definition of assault weapon, it would be an automatic weapon. And none of these people are using automatic weapons. I am 1,000% against killing innocent people. So let's do something to protect them like Congress is protected, the president is protected, and so on. But then he throws in, because he knows he's not getting an assault weapons ban because there isn't any such thing as an assault weapon. You're not going to get a semi-automatic rifle ban. You're, you're probably not going to get a high-capacity magazine ban. That's something that states have been doing individually, which I also think infringes and they shouldn't be allowed to. But then he throws in at the end, and again, correct me if I get it wrong, Kerry, mm-hmm. at least we should raise the age to get a rifle to 21. I think it might have even said semi-automatic rifle um, to 21. Uh, assault weapons. Oh, so he yeah, said assault weapons again. They should raise the age to purchase those types of guns from 18 to 21 if you can't ban them. Okay, let's talk about that. When I was in high school, and you and I aren't that far apart in age, and Paul, I wonder, you're 10 years younger, if you faced this, I had to sign up for the select service. In other words, I had to sign up for the draft. If they reimposed the draft at 17, I had to make sure that I that I signed up for that. They actually came to the school, my high school, and we signed up for it. If they wanted to draft me, I was now registered for the draft. Paul, were you still doing that 10 years later or not? Yes. Carrie, do you remember people having to do that? It was boys that had to do I it. I do. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. So I had to sign up at 17, which means I could have been drafted. I know I can be sent to war at 18. I know that. I also know at 18 that I have the right to vote. Remember, it wasn't that long ago that Nancy Pelosi and other people on the left, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, were pushing 
to allow 16-year-olds to have the right to vote? Mm-hmm. Yes. So a 16-year-old should have the right to vote. A 16 or 17-year-old in the body of Emma Gonzalez and David Hogg from Parkland were seen as the people to listen to when it came to gun control or gun rights. Yet Joe Biden, the alleged president, says we should at least push the age to 21. So I can go to war and die for my country, for the Constitution, at 18. I could run for mayor in many cities at 18. I can vote at 18. I've been driving a couple of years by the time I'm 18 in a deadly weapon, which is a car or truck. But I'm supposed to wait till I'm 21 to purchase a rifle. Because the bad guy who's 18 who wants to get the rifle and kill people probably can't figure out how to do that. Let me tell you a little story. I, I was working at uh, a pizza place in Delray Beach, Florida, back in the day, 1980-something. And my very good friend and manager, Ben, shows up one day. He's got a gun. Where the hell did you get that gun, man? You know what he said? He said, from a rock star. Carrie, when, when he says from a rock star, do you know what that means? I don't. No. Paul, any idea what a rock star is? No. Sam, rock star? I don't know. Ben, I have, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. He said, yeah, this guy who was like obviously on crack or on rock, because they called it crack rock back in the day. Oh, okay. um, and he was looking for fast money and I bought this for like a hundred bucks. I was like, dude, you got to get rid of that. What are you, crazy? Um, you know, you're, you have no idea where it came from. Carrie, these guns are available. Mm, oh, yes. You can buy Absolutely. these on the street. You don't have to go and, and do all this stuff. If you add more background checks and you raise the age, do you really think, look, you've been covering news a long time. Would that stop the bad guy from doing bad things? No, no. And you're not taking a stance on what he just said. No, I am, not. but yeah. I'm just asking you for a a factual answer on cases that we see. Are these checks and balances going to change anything? Would it have stopped these massacres we're seeing? Because last I checked, the bad guys in Columbine were like 16 or 17 when they shot the place up. They weren't allowed to have those guns either. So the idea that you make it not allowable for a wider swath of people means more people who follow the law who are law-abiding citizens, will be, will be less able to, to protect themselves, their families, and their stuff. This isn't going to change the criminal element. How do you change the criminal element? You put a deterrent factor in there. You might get shot in the face if you try this here. I wouldn't try this here if I were you. That's the way you have to handle it. And Biden comes out and does what we knew he was going to do. And he knows he can't get any sort of ban through, so now he's pushing this, raise it to 21 years old, and I better not see even one conservative or Republican give in, because you capitulate on that, you're giving in to everything. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. People are so stupid. Carrie, I'm trying not to be that guy today, but it's hard not to be. Okay, understand. I get this freaking email from some guy. The draft ended in 1973. What do you mean you had to sign up for the draft? I mean, really? You know what I mean? I know. I know. So so there's a person listening to the show and think to himself, got him. (laughs) Got him. Lying about that. Yeah. 
when I was 17, we had to sign up for the select service. Just in case there was another draft, they would have us registered and could easily call us up. What do I gain? My God, Lucky, what do I gain by lying about having to sign nothing, up for the select service? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And then Polo's just going to lie right along with me. Then you're going to lie that you're, the, the boys that were in class with you, we're all just lying to try to, uh, what? We, the, people literally think that we gain ratings by lying about signing up for the select service. Really? I'm making more money today because I lied about it? I freaking signed up for it, dummy. Yeah, and actually, it's still active today. Obama talks about how he had to do it. And actually, people question yeah. whether, it's, whether it's valid and legit. Yeah, because my son so, so it didn't even, So it didn't yeah. go away. Your son had to do it. Yes. No, some guy listening go, I got him. Big fat lying liar on the radio. You know what I mean? Why would I lie about that? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know what I gain. You wouldn't. You don't gain anything. They're just trying to get you. And by, by the way, I hated doing it because it, it, it actually scared me. I thought I'm going to die in a war now. Nobody wants to go and do that, but I did it because I, I believe in the country. I didn't hide, didn't run. I did what I had to do. All right, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Father's Day is on the way. I can't wait. But we just got an order of uh, Omaha Steaks. We're hoping to get some more in the PAGS house. They've got a great deal for you right now, omahasteaks.com. Type in PAGS, P-A-G-S, in the search bar and uh, order the Dads Want Steaks, Steaks package. The Dads Want Steaks package, aptly named because we do. For just $99, this limited-time package includes 16 on Tracy's Guaranteed to Love. You've got the tender bacon-wrapped um, filet mignons. I love those. I eat all those. Nobody else gets any of those. Carrie, I eat them all. I'm telling you. Gourmet Jumbo Franks. Their air-chilled boneless chicken breasts are in there, too. And for a sweet finish, get those caramel apple tartlets as well. I love talking about it, but I love eating them even more. As a special gift, because you listen to my program, type in PAGS, P-A-G-S, in the search bar and order that Dad's Want Steaks package. Get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. These burgers are bold. Beefy flavored. They're made from 100% Omaha steaks. You're going to love them. Don't wait. Send dad that gift he wants. Give him that experience that he's going to love on Father's Day. Dad, Dad's Want Steaks package will pop up when you put in PAGS, P-A-G-S, in the search bar and click on search. Get that right now. Plus, don't forget the eight free Omaha Steaks burgers when you make that order. See what we have in the phone lines. Don't have a whole lot of time, but John, Pennsylvania, it's all yours. Let's go. Yeah, I, I just feel that we're missing the point here. After all these school shootings, when you talk about gun restrictions, we all know that we're not going to be able to pass laws to outlaw all guns. What we need to be focused on is how to protect our children in these schools. And the only thing I've heard is President Trump and Senator Cruz came up with a suggestion of have one entry point for schools. And, of course, a lot of people came out and said, oh, that's not practical. It's too expensive, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we do it in courthouses. We do it in airports. You know, we can, if we can protect those people who work in the courthouses, you know, protect us when we fly, why can't we protect our children and, and try to do something to discourage these people from shooting? Um, you could possibly um, have allow some teachers with proper training to be armed, uh, allow them to – they would carry their handgun to school. They right. put it in a locked drawer in their desk no 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 don't put it in lock no, i disagree could not disagree more i appreciate okay. you but, but i could not disagree more could not disagree more if you're going to have them carry it in school i want it on their person i want them to have it right there boom i want it to be seen if you want to show it if you want to conceal it conceal it maybe even concealing it would be better because then the bad guy doesn't know who has the guns i don't want it locked in a drawer 
heard somebody wrote me earlier something about lock it in the drawer or lock it in a locker and separate the bullets and the magazine from the gun. What are you going to do? The guy comes in and is going to start shooting. Hold on a second. Let me get my gun, the magazine. Let me load some bullets in, put it in the gun, and then, and then you know, rack around. No. I want the gun ready to go. I want it in their pocket or right there on their belt. I want them to be able to reach for it, get it, and shoot the guy in the face. That's what I want. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make me feel any better. you got a gun there somewhere locked up. I hear what you're saying. We've been talking about one entry ever since I talked to, to Andy Pollack uh, a week, week ago now. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not talking about school safety when Biden walks out and talks about guns. He was talking about power and control. That's it. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay here. Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady back. She's from campusreform.org. She is a reporter there. Her name is Alexa Schwarha. Alexa, good to see you again. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me back. Well, you are fantastic. I agree with you. Um, we've got a bunch of stories to get to, but before we get into that, there are a couple of really hot topics that are happening in the country, and you're young and happening. I'm not, so I'm, I want to know what your peer group is 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 mainly talking about. Right before we started, you said gender really is sort of top of mind. It's Pride Month. You've got the whole Leah Thomas controversy. Where are people in your in your sort of age range and in your group that you hang out with? What, what are they talking about when it comes to that? So, like you said, gender is a hot topic right now, particularly among my generation. Um, this whole gender identity uh, controversy that's going on has really brought it up to issue. But luckily, in my friend group, you know, everyone's pretty sane, and we have a firm grasp on reality. <laughs> so, I would say between my friend group, we're pretty confident. We know where we stand when it comes to gender identity. That there is only two genders, man and women, and more importantly, men can't compete in women's sports. My friend group, we're all athletes, so we've been following the Leah Thomas controversy yeah. pretty closely and how that's been affecting uh, the nation. So that's been a really hot topic that people have been talking about. A few days ago, uh, it seems like. On- the same day you had one report i think it was from the new york times of all places that said yes doctors do say that leah thomas has an advantage and that same day i think it was abc news put out an interview with who used to be william thomas and they were asking this person you know what's this all about and leah thomas said it's not about competing it's not about swimming it's just about being who i am and i immediately thought to myself okay well be who you are but just realize that you've got advantages that should exclude you from playing sports against the women. But that the, 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 the two can't coexist, can they, Alexa? How is it that you are being who you are, yet you're being told by doctors that you have an advantage, but we still have to shut up and let you swim? Joe, you've got it absolutely right for Thomas to go and say that he doesn't have an advantage and more so that we should just accept it because it makes him happy is completely ridiculous because what about the women that his being allowed to swim is impacting? We all remember back in March, the NCAA Women's Swimming Championships, Thomas took home a national title and in doing so, he kicked Emma Wyant right out of her rightful place of first. He also stole the trophy from University of Kentucky swimmer Riley Gaines, who they tied for fifth, but Gaines had to wait for her trophy to come in the mail while Thomas got to leave with the award. So while Thomas can say he is just competing as his true self, it's very selfish and irresponsible for him to just completely disregard science just so he can compete because of how he feels. It's very interesting because um, you said that you were an athlete. I was an athlete in high school. I didn't play sports in college, 
But uh, as as a member of the baseball team, it would have been very odd to see a woman show up and just take a shower. Um, this person has not changed anything outwardly. There's no surgery that's happened. Still uh, has the genitals and everything, and is walking around in the shower. So if you're playing sports in college, and and a guy six one walks in, and he's just a dude, and he says that he's a woman, how do you feel about that? It's completely ridiculous, and it's insane that we're even having this conversation because we're not taking the women that it's impacting into account. I'm a former Division One collegiate swimmer, and I can't even imagine having having to walk into the locker room and seeing a male just completely out there. It's insulting to these women to right. make them endure that. But luckily, more of Thomas's teammates have been speaking out of it about it, saying that they're uncomfortable. But the university has been silencing them. These swimmers need a voice. We need more female advocates standing up and saying that this is wrong. They could have stopped this, in my opinion, and I want your opinion on this as a former uh, collegiate swimmer. Um, they could have stopped this immediately by just not swimming. Let him jump in the water, and then you just don't go in. And he's the only person in the water. The entire event would have had to been canceled because the swimmers, every female swimmer, if they would have just said, we're not going to swim, they would have had to, 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 to make a move or else they lose the money, they lose the prestige, they lose the competition. Why weren't they willing to do that, do you think? You know, I wish it was that simple, but, you know, as a former athlete, I can see where these athletes are coming from, too. You work so hard and put in countless hours. You put in blood, sweat, and tears to make it to the championship meet. So, honestly, for them to have to give that uh, that up, I'm not sure even if I would have done it because putting in all that time and effort to even make it to the NCAA championships would have been something that I would have wanted to see out. I would have right. wanted to compete to prove to myself that I made it this far and I can compete. So I don't think it's really fair to put it on the athletes to give up their dream just so Thomas can swim. This is an institutional issue. The NCAA has to take a look inside itself, take a look at its standards and its rules and ask themselves, is this really what's best for our athletes? Because the short answer, Joe, is no. It's not best for its athletes because right. their athletes are being discriminated against. And but, they're just but letting But will the NCAA fly. do it, do you think? I certainly hope so, but by the looks of it, it looks like it's going to take a lot more pressure from advocates, from female swimmers, to put their foot down and say, we want and we demand change. It's, it's going to come in the off-season. It's Alexa Schwerha. It's S-C-H-W-E-R-H-A. Put Alexa Schwerha, then, then the number one at the end for her Twitter account. Go and follow her. She's from campusreform.org. Let's get into these stories. Department of Education is delaying Title, uh, Title IX changes again. Um, I'm not really sure why they would ever change it. Title IX came about when I was in elementary school. And Title IX basically said women should have access to extracurricular activities and sports just like the boys do. The girls and the boys should both have access. Uh, this had nothing to do with anybody being trans. This literally is for biological women, XX human beings, to have opportunities that XY human beings had. Uh, the whole idea that they're even thinking about changing it is nuts, but I'm glad to see it's being delayed. Do you think this will, de this will be delayed enough to where Congress can change over after November? I do think it's going to take a long time for the administration to even make a move on Title IX. Um, Campus Reform originally reported on this story way back in April when the expected change to Title IX was supposed to come out. But we've recently seen that now they've delayed the timeline until potentially maybe June. And what this is showing us is that the administration is nervous because they know that changing Title IX is not popular among Americans. And we've all seen the president's approval ratings. They're drastically low. The president can't afford another failure. So of course they're going to put it off. But it's critical to note that these delays are coming because conservatives are standing up, putting their foot down and demanding that women be protected. Because just like you said, Joe, Title IX is there to protect 
women. Title IX prevents discrimination based on sex. And because of that, women have opportunities to be trailblazers in whatever field that they want to pursue. If Title IX is changed to include gender identity, then what do we need Title IX for? Right. Well, I mean, there basically aren't, I mean, being a woman doesn't mean anything anymore. If anybody can say that they're a woman, actually literally being a woman, I mean, I feel for you. I feel for my five daughters. I feel for my wife, my mother, my, my three sisters. We're, we're redefining what a woman is. Anybody at any given time can be a woman in this day and age and reap the benefits of government changing rules to make sure women are, are, are given equality and e- equal opportunity. It, it literally is just watering down what, what a woman is, isn't it? It absolutely is watering it down because the left likes to change language to try to fit their narrative. But this is an incredibly dangerous game that they're playing. But this doesn't have to be rocket science, Joe. We just have to return to elementary science that we all were taught in the early stages of childhood, that there is differences between men and women. We can't just ignore science and ignore facts because it makes us feel bad. Facts are stubborn things, but we have to hold fast to them because they're important so we all are on the same page of truth in reality. And when that is scrapped to the side, it is women who are getting hurt. And like you said, they want to try to redefine what a woman is. But being a woman is very unique. And it's insulting for the left just to try to scrap it from the books to fit their radical gender narrative. It is Alexa Schwarha. She's a campus reform reporter. Glad to have you back. Go and follow her, Alexa. And then last name is S-C-H-W-E-R-H-A, then the number one on Twitter. Uh, Southwest Tennessee Community College says... The prices are too darn high to make people come to school, so they're opting to do something else. What's that? The Southwest Tennessee Community College is now proposing that they go remote, just like we saw during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, they're starting off small. They're just instituting virtual Fridays so students and faculty don't have to drive to campus and try to save them a little bit of pain at the pump. Because we've all seen the gas prices, they are astronomical. We're seeing record high prices for gas because this is the worst economy the United States has seen in 40 years years, but the university is missing the point because by forcing students to go back remote, they're just opening the door for this to continue through the fall semester. If gas prices don't drop, there's a potential there for these students to have to revert back to online learning for an entire semester. And students already lost out on two years of vital in-person instruction. And here at the Leadership Institute's Campus Reform, we reported throughout the entire pandemic on how disastrous this is for students. When students don't get in-person education, they have an increased risk of depression and anxiety. In 2020, 25% of students reported being suicidal because they were forced into isolation. So while the school might be trying to save students a little bit of money, they're just opening up the door for a whole world of problems to come and take that place. Yeah, you guys have done great reporting on this. There are all sorts of medical and scientific studies that show that children from you know preschool all the way through college really did suffer psychologically because of being forced to either wear a mask or to do it uh, online. You don't get to see your friends. You don't get to socialize. You don't get to have that one-on-one face-to-face training from the professor. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I hope that they'll, they'll reconsider this. It's Alexa Schwarha. Let's go to a student say, uh, a student says, I guess, unborn fetuses are far less human or far less of a human or, or of a person. Where did this happen? So this happened at George Mason University's Arlington campus. It is right around the corner from our office. I was able to go down, check out the protest, see what the students were talking about. And I was very unsurprised by the behavior that I saw. Students were out there protesting a speech by Justice Alito, who was delivering the speech virtually. So he wasn't even on the premises. But the students were kicking and screaming like college students do and advocating for abortion, celebrating, frankly, killing 
babies. And as I talked to the students, one common thread I saw is that they didn't actually know what they were advocating for. I asked a simple question, when does life begin? And I never actually got an exact answer for that. We had one student, like you just said, who admitted that the child in the womb is a person. However, they're less of a person than an actual human outside the womb. This is basically just placement discrimination. Why does it matter where the baby is? That baby is alive, it feels pain. It has its own DNA. You know, the abortion debate is the worst civil rights abuse that we have seen in our lifetime. Because of abortion, about 24 million of my generation is missing. There's over 2,000 abortions performed every single day. And it's because of this misinformation campaign that's peddled by the radical left. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I love that you know all of that because people your age, many of them don't get it. And when this person says that the unborn fetus is far less of a person, can they elaborate and say why? And I'm guessing they can't. No, they can't. And I did ask him that. And unsurprisingly, he wouldn't elaborate. But it wasn't just that student. It was multiple students that I talked to down at that protest. But this isn't just happening here in Virginia. The Leadership Institute's campus reform reports on this behavior time and time again. At the University of North Texas back in November, there was a pro-life vigil that was crashed by a pro-abortion mob. They brought megaphones and banged on drums and shouted that they loved sacrificing children. At Eastern Michigan University this past semester, a pro-life billboard was vandalized with a picture of a dead baby. This is the behavior that's seen from the radical left when they don't actually know what they're fighting for without a coherent argument or even an understanding of truth or science. They don't know what they're believing. So instead, they resort to violence, they resort to intimidation, and they try to shut down the opposing side. Do you have an opinion as to why people, young people especially, are so prone to believing this garbage? This isn't about women's health care. This isn't reproductive rights. This is somebody got pregnant. In general, it's a, it was a choice. In general, they're choosing not to have the child because it's, a, it's some sort of a, a financial burden or some other kind of burden. They just don't feel like it. It'll change their lifestyle. I mean, the whole rape and incest in life of the mother argument is, is about 1% of abortions that we're talking about. So why are people so easily indoctrinated to believe this is somehow less of a person? Even the word fetus just means offspring in Latin. Why is it that they're buying the idea that it's a woman's body, it's her choice? What you said about DNA and chromosomes being different in the baby is absolutely true. It's a separate human being. And again, most of these abortions are out of convenience. And Roe v. Wade was never supposed to be about convenience. They haven't even read the ruling, I'm guessing. But why were they such easy prey, do you think, to the indoctrination that the left has put on them? Well, because they've bought into the lie. They've bought into the narrative that abortion is supposed to be health care. But how can it be health care if abortion is the literal murder of a child? But they don't want to use that language because it's going to make them feel bad. But that's what it is. You have to call attention to the issue and call it as you see it. We can't use light language when we're talking about abortion because it's glossing over the biggest human rights abuse of our time. And this all starts on a college campus. We see here at the Leadership Institute's campus reform that what happens on a college campus becomes mainstream in society. So when students are subjected to this radical narrative that a fetus is not human, that it's not alive, that it's the woman's choice, regardless of whether or not that baby can feel pain, has its own body, its own DNA, then of course they're going to get very upset when someone tries to challenge that worldview. That's what they bought into, that's what they think is truth, but they're not going to listen to the fact that we have science, we have technology that shows that the baby is alive, it is deserving of life. Yeah, absolutely right. It's Alexa Shorha. Go follow her, Alexa, A-L-E-X-A, last name is S-C-H-W 
W-E-R-H-A, than the number one on Twitter. She's a reporter over at CampusReform.org. One last story. You guys did an analysis on tuition rates skyrocketing, and uh, something that was uh, that, that's related to why it's going up is something I hadn't considered. Fill me in. So we did this analysis to kind of draw attention to where money is going in our higher education system. And what we saw is that it's being funneled right to woke programming. But this is happening at the same time that we're experiencing a 40-year high inflation. Prices are up on everything. Students are already pinching pennies to afford going into college in the first place, but the university is not doing any services because they're hiking up the tuition on their students without taking into account financial responsibility. So here at the Leadership Institute's campus reform, we tracked all the colleges that are increasing their tuition and follow the money to see that it's going exactly where we thought it would go, which is radical liberal programs. At Boston University, for example, the college just implemented a 14-year high increase. Students are going to be charged 4.25% more in tuition However, the university isn't cutting out its climate action program, or it's not going to drop any of its diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And that's the root of this problem. These colleges and universities are using a national crisis in order to slip in these projects through the back door. They're going to charge students more, but they're not going to take into account any financial responsibility to cut costs if it can't afford these programs. Yeah, it's kind of amazing because uh, people who are going to college are just considered inflation. But if you take away these woke programs and woke departments and woke hirings that they're doing, what you're saying is that you probably don't have to see an increase in tuition. In fact, it could probably go down some if you're not financing all this garbage that half the people don't, don't even want. You know, you would absolutely think so. It's pretty common sense to me. If you can't afford the program, that you, then you shouldn't be enforcing it or expanding right. it. But instead, these universities are just putting the bill on the students. And that's extremely unfair because students are already, as I said, pinching pennies to afford the high price of a college education. Not only that, these students are dealing with the worst economy that we've seen here in the United States in 40 years. The price of gas is up. The cost of rent is up. Groceries are up. So it's unfair for universities to expect these students Students just to find the money somewhere if they're unable to take responsibility and trim down on the fat where needed. You, you know, really great job. Alexa, I appreciate what you do and everybody else does at campusreform.org. Go to that website right now like I do every day. Go check out what Alexa does. Alexa Schwarha, S-C-H-W-E-R-H-A-1. Uh, go follow her on Twitter and, and go check out that video that she took of that, uh, that Alito thing and everything else that she reports on. Alexa, thanks a million. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It is the Joe Pag Show. Time for some pop culture. Boop. Talk to me, Paula. What's going on? So, have you seen the story with uh, Kim Kardashian and the the dad of one of the Evolve students that was shot and killed? I haven't. What happened? So, she's pleading with, um, I think it's the state of Kentucky's um, board of prisons or whatever it's called, to allow him to visit because he's in jail to be able oh. to go to uh, his daughter's funeral. Any response from them? Do we know? Uh, I, things have been denied so far, but I guess she's still, you know, she's putting it out there, and they've even sent out a letter to the president um, to see if anything happened. 
We'll keep an eye on that. That's Polo. That's Sam. I'm Joe. That's Carrie. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.